This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, everyone, and welcome to DevRaga Personal Finance, episode 92. And in this episode, I'll discuss about the key concepts called angel investing and venture capital. Often these two terms are mixed up and confused. There are some similarities between them, but there are also some major differences between them. I've actually learned quite a bit doing the research for this episode, and I thank Facebook user Wellwen uh, for their suggestion some time ago. It's taken me a long time to get this episode out, so but it's been worth it. So thank you very much to Wellwen for this suggestion. For those of you that are new to the channel, the three aims of this are to educate, get educated about financial literacy and personal finances, be empowered about the knowledge that you get, and also to be entertained. Just a disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not an accountant, I'm not a lawyer, nor am I a financial planner. I'm just a random guy talking about personal finance via a podcast channel. Make sure you take any financial decisions you want to take after listening to my episodes to your appropriate advisors. In other words, don't do things after listening to random people on the internet. Now, if you're stuck on what to do and you want some broad concepts and principles, I think I can help you with that. Here are some simple steps to get you in the right track and when it comes to investing, saving, debt reduction, and personal finance in general. In my humble view, there are five easy steps which anybody could follow today. Step one is you've got to take the pay yourself approach. Take 20% of your after-tax income and put it aside. That is your pay yourself money, not to be touched ever until retirement. Step two is you've got to invest that money, ideally into something that you understand or something that you want to understand in. For me, I like and love and understand index funds and the stock market, so I invest in index funds and the stock market. Step three is part of that investment will grow with dividends Make sure you take those dividends and reinvest them. Don't spend that dividend. And you can automate that reinvestment process. Step four, do it for the long term. That is not five, 10 or 15 years. I'm talking at least 20, 30 or 40 plus years. And step five, you follow these processes and steps and you're trying to automate them. So that when you get paid, 20% automatically goes to your investment account and the dividends are reinvested and it just keeps happening over time. And if you automate the process, you're less likely to make mistakes, you're more likely to follow the plan, and you're less likely to just simply forget or accidentally spend the money. Now, if you did these simple steps, you're more likely to have more money than you'll probably ever need. 
And remember, money is just a tool. It doesn't bring happiness. Use it as a tool to make your life a little bit better, but most importantly, to make the lives of people around you better. Now to the main topic. What is angel investing? Now, angel investors are known as seed investors or angel funders or just a private investor. Um, And they're usually a group of private investors who provide funds for usually a new startup company. Um, And in return, in exchange for that funds, um, they get some sort of equity into the business. Remember, equity just means a portion of the business then belongs to them. Um, So when you buy stocks, for example, you are a shareholder of a company. So you have some equity in that company. Usually, angel investors are very, very early investors in a business life cycle. So, and usually they're, you know, friends or family and sometimes can be colleagues, but can also be, you know, random people as well. But generally, at the start and concept of a business is when angel investors get started. Angel investors generally provide money as a once-off to get things up and running. And some businesses may find it much, much more easier to access funds this way than perhaps the traditional way of asking for funds via a bank loan um, or other forms of loan. And we'll go into the pros and cons of angel investing or VC uh, a bit later in this episode. So the risk here is that the angel investor you know, who's cashed up and usually a high net worth individual or has some spare cash to play with, takes a significant amount of risk in order to fund the business, knowing that most new startups don't make it big in the long term. Um, You know, most businesses fail um, or they don't do very well. So I guess, why would an angel investor put their money at risk? Why would they put their capital at risk? Well, they potentially could get higher rates of return. That's number one. I mean, the idea about risk and reward and risk and return um, is very simple. That is, the more risk that you take in life, the likely more reward that you may get in terms of financial rewards, okay? Now, um, that need not be always the case, but generally the risk-reward ratio is proportional. So they're looking for higher rates of return. Number two is, usually, angel investors are high net worth individuals. So, you know, they've got their basis already sorted. So they've owned their family home, they might have multiple homes, have multiple cars, the kids are kind of all grown up, Um, they've got a great stock portfolio, so they've got a little bit of spare cash that they want to delve into the business side of things. Usually, in their own personal life, they've got concrete investments already. Um, And again, this is just a bit of spare change for which they want to take the higher risk in order to get the higher returns. So in other words, they're willing to gamble with their money and what's the worst that could happen is they lose all of it. So they're not going to put all of their net assets into it. They're just going to gamble with a little bit of their money um, into this concept called angel investing. And, And look, it's not really gambling because gambling is pure luck here you're investing in a new business with the hope that the business has a plan to make a product or service that will hopefully contribute to society. And the side effect of that is that um, you make some money out of it. 
Now, the big difference between an angel investor and a bank, perhaps, is that the angel investors invest in the entrepreneur rather than just the business. What does that mean? It just means that they have a belief that the entrepreneur has special skills, has business acumen, and has got some inherent qualities in them to make up for a successful business. So, for example, um, in the 90s, in 95, when Amazon was first started by Jeff Bezos, in his garage, his parents plowed about a quarter of a million dollars into their business. Um, and they were family investors. They were early investors. Um, that is a form of angel investing. Now, sometimes angel investors pull their money together as well. Um, and you can actually use crowdfunding sites to do this to fund new projects and inventions and concepts. And a good example of that is Kickstarter, which is a company and a, and a website, really, um, which is crowdfunding inventions and products. Uh, and I'm sure you've heard of Kickstarter. And there's plenty of companies like that around. So supposing you've got a business plan, you want to start a business, you don't want to go to a get a loan. Where do you find angel investors? Well, there are actually plenty of websites around, um, and I think the um, there's a there's actually a medical angel investors group on Facebook and online as well that you can join. Um, one such website is called um, Angel.co, which has a subsite for Australia, where you can go and have a look at angel investors and what their expectations are. And the Australian Investment Network um, is another good resource if you're keen to find angel investors for your business. So there are existing networks and partnerships around where you can sort of browse around as to try and find the right people. Now, can angel investors be individuals? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but usually they're very high net worth individuals who have businesses or trusts in their own life. Um, and sometimes they might creatively lend uh, money for some equity to a business via their proprietary limited or their trust. So that's all sort of creative accounting. But in principle, yes, angel investors can be individuals and quite often are. What's the risk um, for the angel investor? Well, complete loss of capital. I mean, this is high stakes. You're investing in something that's brand new. So if you're an angel investor, you've got to be prepared to lose all your money. And sometimes um, they have an expectation of an exit strategy, um, such as acquisitions or IPOs or selling the business when it reaches scale. So, uh, but, you know, the risk is that if they're investing money into someone and then that someone's business may completely fail. Um, and that's just a risk they're willing to take because they're worth so much money, they can afford to lose some money. It's a bit like going to the casino and gambling, although in this case, you're actually investing in a business. So for the business, why not just get a loan? Wouldn't it just be easier to get a loan? Well, if you've ever got a business loan before, or even just any loan, for example, to buy a house or to invest, you know, the banks ask them numerous questions and 100 million questions. Um, and remember, it's a loan. You've got to pay it back. It's not free money. Whereas with angel investing, it is not a loan. It is kind of free money in exchange for equity. Um, but to get a loan, you need a business plan. You need to prove the business. Um, you need to factor in interest rates. So you've got to pay the loan off. Um, so that makes it all very difficult to obtain, particularly in today's COVID-19 era, because, you know, it's quite difficult to start a business if you don't have any income. 
And frankly, professional lending bodies like banks just may not be interested in lending money for a random person wanting to start a business. I mean, what's in it for a bank to do that? Um, So to get a business loan can be quite difficult, especially for obscure concepts like tech concepts, etc. If you are an angel investor, what sort of returns would you be expecting in terms of, you know, your exit strategy if you were to invest in a business? What sort of returns are we looking at? 20 to 25%. In my research, you're looking at about a 20 to 25% return on investment. Um, And uh, this sort of leads on to, okay, what are the pros and cons? Well, businesses like angel investing, because there's no loan structure, um, so money doesn't need to be paid back if the business fails, and investors take that risk. But this also means it benefits the investor because you lose some equity if you're a business owner, so the investor gets some of the equity, and therefore the investors also have some say in the business. Whereas if you're a bank, the bank has no say in your business. Um, They don't have any equity component when they lend the money. They just lend the money in the hope that you'll pay back the interest and the principal. Now, the... Yeah, I mean, basically, a business loan has interest, so that's basically dead money. Um, But the advantage of that is the business owner owns the business. They have 100% say, 100% equity, and the banks don't really care, nor can they dictate the way that you run your business. Now, there are three types of angel investors, um, and this really comes down to behaviours. The first type is hedonistic. Um, these type of investors are very excited about disruptive technology. They're looking for fun technology and they're really looking to create something really brand new. So TechCrunch Disrupt is a great sort of, um, you know, website that you can have a look at where these new companies pitch their ideas and all these angel investors get on and sometimes VC funds get on as well, venture capital funds. The altruistic investor, um, so they're the community-focused Angel investors, they want to help his or her community, uh, but also have aspirations of investing in a viable, sustainable, good business. The last type is the pure economics, the entrepreneurial angel investor. They just want to make money. This is their focus. They want to be more active input into the businesses they invest in and therefore want the highest rate of return for the lowest dollar amount invested from the business. So if you're an angel investor then, what sort of things would you be looking for um, if you were looking for a business that you want to invest in? So, you know, remember angel investors are high net worth. They could take their money and invest it into antiques, stock market, property, whatever they want really. So they really are looking for a solid return in most cases. That is their primary goal. And... um, The chances of this, we know, in angel investing are low, and it's a risky proposition for them, uh, but something they're happy to take. They're happy to take that risk. They need a good reason to invest. That means they need to know what your business does. Does it contribute to customers? Does it contribute to society as a whole? What is the purpose of the business? They need you. They need a good leader, and they need a good management plan. So they look at it, leadership, they look at executive team. You know, angel investors generally are investing in the people that run the business. 
their money is into the people that run the business as much as the business itself. So if you're a business owner and you're looking for angel investing, the angel investor is investing in you uh, as a primary component in addition to your business. Of course, they need a sustainable business model and they need a sustainable business plan. They're looking for good financial projections. They need some sort of detailed marketing plan. How are you going to actually get this business off the ground? And they need specifics about target markets. Now, you may not have all the evidence out there. You may not have made any money. Um, that's okay, but they just need some sort of accurate projections. Um, now, if you're an angel investor that's investing in a family business, this aspect may not be that important to you because you're investing in your family member that's leading the business. They want a vision. They want a clear vision for the business. Where is this business going to be in five or 10 years' time? They obviously want some equity. So the investors want a portion of the business. Um, they rarely give out loans. This is not a loan. So they're happy to take the complete loss of capital as a 100% risk if possible. And they also want some say in the business. My sort of research suggests that angel investors often don't really want too much active involvement in the business, but this depends on the type of investor. Most angel investors actually may not get involved, but larger investors may want some active say in how the business is being run. And some investors want an exit strategy. So, which is similar to venture capitalists. So that's about it for angel investing. Basically, individual investors, high net worth, they've got some spare cash to give out to businesses in return for equity. In principle, that's what angel investing is. What about venture capital? Now, this is very similar in that it's a type of financing and it stays away from getting bank loans. Um, And this basically is when a group of investors, more professional investors, pull their money and they create a venture capital fund. So they create a company. And that fund then seeks out investments from institutional investors, such as banks, superannuation funds, other individual investors, etc. And that money gets pulled and invested into the startup companies and literally any company, depending on their stage of their business. So venture capital firms may not be investing in brand new companies, although a lot of them do. They may be investing in growth companies or mature companies, depending on the type of business, the idea, the model, etc. The critical element of venture capitalism is you're in it for the long run. You're in it for at least 10 years. That seems to be the average. And the money is completely private. Um, And there's no government schemes which may assist businesses Um, to find VCs uh, and likewise. So this is all just private equity. And in return, the business gives up some of their equity um, for that term. And usually the VC firm gets more of a say. They're more interested into how your business runs. And they also look for a very clear exit strategy or expansion strategy or scale of business or acquisition strategy or simply selling off their portion of the business. They need to find out where are we going in 10 years time? What is our plan? What is our exit strategy? They're not in it. They're not really investing in the person that's leading the business. They're investing in the actual business to make money. So what's the advantages of venture capital? Well, VC firms, 
basically they inject the capital into the business and they can do so at various stages of the business. You may have heard of this concept called rounds of funding, round one, round two, round three, and each round of funding achieves a specific purpose for the business. The business then gets a long-term business partner. Remember the VC firm has its best interest at heart because if the business does well, the VC makes money. And the whole idea behind this process is to exit with a larger sum of money than what they entered into it. That's the main aim. The advantages of a VC firm is that you get a lot of mentoring. VC firms have other business leaders in them so they can provide advice on issues like strategic planning, financial operations, operational management, legal issues. So they can access intellect to try and help you as a business owner to succeed. Because if you succeed, they, su they succeed as well. And this leads to one of the biggest advantages of VC firms is that they know people. And with that comes important contacts. And with important contacts comes alliances. And this helps with recruiting, international expansion, strategic partners, and generating further rounds of funding. And the advantage is uh, they have a 10-year time frame, so they have an exit strategy, um, and they can help business owners find their exit strategy in the process. So remember, the VC fund may want to exit, but the business owner may want to sell up and shut up shop and just retire on an island in Hawaii or something like that. So the VC firms can actually do that because they've got contacts, they've got business leaders in their funds. So... What are some of the exit strategies for a business, whether it's angel investing or VC? You can list it on the stock market. Floating the company onto the stock market is, is an exit strategy to get more rounds of funding. You can sell the whole business to another buyer. That is a larger business acquires the business, which the uh, angel investor or VC firm helped develop. The VC firm may choose to sell off their portion of the business to the existing management for a set amount. Um, and remember, the main way the VC firm makes money is by capital gain of the business. The business value increases over time. That's how they make their money. And part of that, they may actually get a little bit of dividend, a little bit of income gets streamed into the VC firm. Um, but often these businesses are not giving out dividends. They're in their growth phases. So this means they make a profit and reinvest all of their profits back into the business. So it's kind of like retail investors reinvesting the dividends back into their investments. And when the VC firm makes their money, that money then gets distributed to the various investors who gave their money to the VC firm. Um, and that's how they make their money. So how do you get your attention, if you're a business owner, how do you get the attention of VC funds? Well, first, there's preliminary screening. You meet with business creators. You review the business plan. You meet the larger team. You conduct due diligence, all the boring stuff. The VC firm look at the team, their skills, their business, their vision. Then the negotiation begins. The VC firm or the AI firm do their intelligence. They do their market research. They do their growth options. They look at competitors and risks. And they look at any entry barriers, explore distribution channels, and look at export opportunities. So they do their due diligence, and you start negotiating. Then the last step is basically the approvals process where the investment is actually complete, where you're looking at all the details carefully, drawing up your legal contracts, your legal documents, you're auditing the processes, making sure that all the items are correct and accurate.
Um, there is some sort of government um, support. Um, there are plenty of programs available um, via business.gov.au, which actually has a page dedicated on how investors can be linked with businesses looking for investments. And the Australian Investment Council Director of Members is also a great resource to try and link up businesses with VC firms and also angel investors. So let's say you are a business owner and you've sort of struck gold with a VC firm or angel investor. What are the components of that? Well, you need to have the terms of the investment. You need to have the amount. That needs to be front and centre stage. So they're going to invest a million, two million, three million, fifty million, whatever it is. Um, so you've got to have the amount and the terms of investment sorted out. You've got to have a dividend policy. Supposing your company makes money, are you going to share some of that profits with your angel investors or your VC firms? So you've got to have a dividend policy. Um, you've got to have who is part of your board of directors. Um, that's really important, a key element uh, of uh, angel investing and VC firms. And you've got to have your reporting sorted. So, you know, your management reports, your monthly accounts, your annual budgets. You've got to have an exit plan. Um, AI investors, probably not that keen on an exit plan, but certainly VC firms are very keen on an exit plan. You might want to look into rights of co-sale. Any warranties associated with the business um, and any matters requiring the approval of the venture capital firm. So auditors, employment contracts, major asset purchases, major debt obligations, you need to be open and honest and have significant um, plans in case there's variation of plans. You've got to have a backup plan, basically. So that's about it for venture capital and angel investors. Very similar but different. Um, both of these are often used interchangeably, but they're different because the types of investors are different and they have different structures of investment. That's about it for this episode. Thank you very much for the questions, likes and comments, and please make sure you give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or any podcasting application that you may be using uh, because it really helps promote the podcast in terms of the algorithm so that more people can see the podcast, download it, and listen to it and learn from it, I hope. Remember to also like the DevRaga Facebook page. Uh, you may have been inv invited to like it, so make sure you check your invitations page on Facebook. That's on the alert section. Shout out to any questions or comments uh, and topic suggestions. Share this channel with family and friends. It's free. I'm available on Apple Podcast, Anchor, CastBox, Spotify, Google, and all the major podcasting apps now. And remember, always pay yourself first. It sounds so simple, but it's so effective. There's no point learning about VC and angel investors, in my humble opinion, if you have got debts and haven't got emergency funds, haven't sorted out your personal finances. You've got to sort that stuff out before you look at other things. And learn about angel investing. Of course, it's always good to learn about angel investing, but make sure you also do your personal finance literacy stuff and also learn about venture capital. Thank you very much for Wellwyn from Facebook for the topic suggestion. And I always appreciate more topic suggestions. Um, that's always welcome. Now, that's it for this episode. And I'm probably going to take maybe one or two weeks off uh, because it is school holidays. 
Um, what am I doing for school holidays? Nothing, because we are still in stage four restrictions in Melbourne. But I do note the case count and the admission count and the ICU count and the death counts are all coming down for COVID-19, which is great news. So hang in there if you're Victorian or if you're Melbourneite, because Victoria, I think, in regional areas will go down to step three very soon and have their restrictions eased. But Melbourne, we just need to hang in there for another maybe 10 days with the hope that the numbers come down. So I'm going to take a couple of weeks off, just chillax a little bit. I'll be still working, but um, just a couple of weeks off from the podcast. I've got some exciting podcasting coming up um, and I'll share that with you when I come back from leave. Um, I think you're going to like it. And uh, that's it for this episode. This is Dev Rugger, Personal Finance, episode 92. And as always, please stay safe. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.